As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standick Room Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. Happy uh, minicamp week to everyone. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Um, I had a busy one myself. It's going to factor into what we have going on here on this episode of the podcast. Uh, of course, you can subscribe here if you are new. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. And also, if you haven't checked out The Athletic and you're interested in subscribing, you can do that as well. I will have an article up on uh, Monday that will be about our uh, one of our guests today. Uh, John Dodson held a uh, camp for kids out at Riverdale Baptist High School on Saturday. I was out there with some of my colleagues. We spoke to Jahan. I'm going to play some of that audio for everyone here. He talks about getting used to Eric Bieniemy's system, how he's attacking his homework uh, to learn that system. Uh, we talked about the season as well and some some fun with the kids. So we'll get to that here in a few minutes. In addition, uh, Last week at the end of OTAs, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch joined me to kind of just discuss kind of where things are right now with this team. We talked about you know Sam Howe, some of the usual stuff, along with Jamin Davis, and a bunch more. Uh, so we'll get to all that in a moment here on the podcast. You can, of course, also follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. You can follow Michael on Twitter at MichaelPRTD. Um, all right. Um, so this week is three day mini camp, which is most likely the end of the off season program before they take a break and head and then return for a training camp. A couple things to keep in mind, of course, this week. I, I guess most notably, although perhaps not notable at all, um, is that it is mandatory mini camp, which means the players we have not seen yet, defensive end Chase Young. Defensive end Montez Sweat and left tackle Charles Leno will all be in Ashburn Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Or we have a big story. If somebody, if somebody is not there, I don't have any reason to think that that would be the case. But just noting that opus, uh, potential you know fines get involved, things like that. So I don't, I don't imagine anybody doesn't show up. Um, but we'll see what you know. We'll see what everybody has to say. Chase Young is obviously the interesting one here. 
because of the fact that he has previously skipped the the voluntary uh, OTAs. And, of course, this would be the first time we would have seen him since Washington declined the fifth-year uh, option on his contract. Uh, this will also be, you know, we'll see how much they do uh, in terms of 11-on-11 11 11 and, 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 you know, sort of really going after it this week. But, you know, this presumably would be the most extensive look we will get at this at, uh, Sam Howell-led Eric Bieniemy offense uh, going up against, you know, presumably, you know, the, the, the full-throated defense, even if Jamin Davis is out, but with Chase Young back and assuming he is at least, you know, playing somewhere, Young and Sweater back, um, you know, whether that means they're with the starters on day one or not, um, you know, I would imagine we'll see them a bunch. So let's see how Sam Howell and company look. Um, you know, again, it is only practices, but not going to go crazy. But the other component there would be if they go 11 on 11s, we may get a little bit more offensive line play um, <clears throat> between, um, you know, w- w- with the starters on both sides. So that at least gets a little more interesting. To this point, they've there've been no run plays. Dude. They're not wearing pads, so you really can't judge the line too much. And and again, I, I as you've heard me say, um, y- you know, the ops any observations we're, we're making so far have been based off of two of six practices. Now at least this week we get to see everything um, for all three days. So that's that's good news on that front. Um, so, okay, so there's that. Now, you know, beyond that, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, obviously, Emmanuel Forbes has been off to a really good start so far. But, you know, again, if they open up the offense, you know, let's see what happens. Um, it, typically, the defensive players right now are uh, no kind of the script of the day. You know, perhaps there's a little more, um, you know, uncertainty depending on what type of practices they choose to run this week. Uh, so that could be interesting as well um you know get our get another look at the tight end room you know they're feeling very confident right now about that group they they see logan thomas as somebody who is looking much more like his 2020 form uh physically and certainly have having recovered from that 2021 knee injury cole turner uh was one of the stars certainly of the ota period as he once again um has been uh looked very sharp at this point in the program for the second straight year. Um, and look, I would also say, you know, we also get an, a longer look at Jacoby Brissett. It, needless to say, he's been sort of um, overlooked <laughs> just a bit so far in this process. I, you know, I, I would just say that, look, Sam Howell, we, we know what kind of Brissett is. Sam Howell is um, the, the one that's much more unknown. He's the one primarily working with the ones. And also, you know, the staff has not been talking much about Brissett. They can steer all kinds of questions in all kinds of ways. We ask about Sam Howell a lot. I, the other day, did ask about Brissett. Others have as well, but not as much as Howell. And they're talking about Howell themselves. So um, it's understandable. <laughs> but, you know, um, at this point, it makes sense to, to focus on Howell if I'm them. It's when we get to training camp, that's when it'll get a little more interesting in terms of a competition, should there ultimately be one for the starting job. Um all right, so that's just a little bit uh, of what we got going on this week. Um, let's get to it right now. We'll start off with Jahan Dodson. We were outside, of course, 
there, so the wind picked up a little bit of spots. Apologies for that. Uh, we'll get to that. And then Michael Phillips and I talking commanders here on the Standing Room Only podcast. How's it being out here? It's pretty cool. Honestly, like, any chance I get to oh. just be out here. Like, this is where I started playing football. So it's pretty cool to just see them at a young age. Who well, remember the first time you got to be around an athlete, a pro athlete like you? I don't think I've ever done that, and that, I feel like that's why I think it's so cool. Because like I, I was literally just in the car talking with uh, my buddy, and I was like, like if I had the chance to meet, you know, some of my idols when I was growing up, like Deshaun Jackson, and, you know, some of those guys, like be able to play on the same football field as them, like that'd be so cool. So like just to be out here doing this for the kids is definitely pretty cool. Were you ever that tiny? I don't think I was ever that tiny. Adorable. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> right? So cute. Any of the kids talking, talking trash to you? Yeah, they've been talking a little bit of trash. We're going to have to humble them just a little bit. I, I heard where you got some 7-on-7 seven seven I might be playing. Okay. I didn't think I would be playing today. But I saw I you threw your phone down. I thought, I thought, yeah, I, thought I was about to run. They, they were challenging me, but... probably get it on video too. Yeah, right. You don't want that. How's OTA been? It's been good. It's been really good. Um, you know, getting back with the guys has been really great. Learning the offense. Um, it, it's a lot, but you know, it's what we love to do. Um, Coach Bianami, I feel like he's, he's brought culture to our team. He's brought a sense of energy, um, a sense of urgency. You know, it, it's been really good just being able to learn from him. Uh, just get familiar with the things that he wants us to do and the things that we want to do uh, to be able to capitalize and win some games this year. For your role specifically, how much different is this offense for you? Um, I wouldn't say too much different. You know, uh, I was like think of myself as, you know, as long as I get open, um, and it makes my job easy for the offensive coordinator, it makes my job easier for the quarterback. So uh, I feel like that's the, the same no matter what. Um, I feel like it's just learning the offense is the biggest thing coming from last year being a rookie and throwing into a brand new offense uh coming in my second year throwing into a brand new offense i feel like some of the some of the th- same things that i was doing last year as a rookie i'm able to to learn from and pick up on now and and just do even better uh to make sure that i grasp the, the offense even quicker and um, make sure that i'm able to be out on the field at all times how, how do you go about learning an offense i always hear about this but like what do you actually do physically to or how do you how do you do your, your homework yeah. to, to do that? Yeah, uh, every night going home, it's almost like being in school again. Uh, every night going home, I bought a couple whiteboards from Walmart. You know, I'm sitting there drawing plays. Uh, the coaches sometimes give us scripts for practices, so you, you know kind of what you're looking forward to the next day. Uh, you just draw out the plays, different different little things like that, just to remember it. You know, uh, any way possible for you to it just stick in your head. Some of the, if you guys haven't heard, some of the play calls are ridiculous. Uh, like, like, what's, the, how, what's the longest play call? Did we get up to like 20 plus words? Yeah. Um, I, I, can't even, like, I couldn't recite it to you. That, that's how wild it is. It's amazing that the quarterbacks can listen to it and say it to us, say it to us in the huddle, because it it's that complex. Like it's truly that complex. So all the props to them, but you know I, I try to go home every night and just. Make sure I do my studying so that I'm on point and making sure that everyone's good. Is it new terminology, the play calls? Is that the most challenging part, do you think? Yeah. You know, football is football at the end of the day. Like, everything's 
everything's the same. Everyone says it's a copycat league. Um, football is football, but you know some people just call it different things. So it's kind of like I refer to it as learning a new language. Like we, we all talk, it means the same, but we just say it differently. So uh, I feel like that's the, the biggest thing, just learning the new terminology. Um, and just get familiar with it. What is the extra length? Is it specific cues for each player, or is it... Yeah. Usually usually it's just telling everyone what they're doing, you know. Uh, that's pretty much the NFL. Um, in college, we were used to signaling everything. Every One thing meant everything. But in the NFL, we pretty much tell everyone what to do, where to line up. So it, it kind of takes a, a little while. When you want to be familiar with the entire offense instead of just knowing what you're doing so that you'd be on the same page as everyone else and if someone goes down you can fill in for them you want to know everything so uh that's pretty much what we've been trying to do what i've been trying to do is learn every position uh learn what everyone else is doing on the field because it can benefit me so that's uh, something coach terrell said last year with yeah. young receivers not you specifically but young receivers right that's kind of one of his biggest challenges was getting young receivers to understand what everybody else is yeah. doing obviously he's not here anymore but do you feel like you're getting better at that this, this second year yeah for sure uh last year it was definitely hard for me. Um, I was, you know, I, I'm a rookie. I'm coming in. Mine is everywhere. I'm just thinking about what I have to do on every single play. You know, I'm not really worried about what Logan's doing, what Terry's doing. But all in all, it, it'll help you at the end of the day because it, it's about timing, spacing, uh, different things like that. So right now I'm, I'm able to do that. Uh, and I felt like it was just being more comfortable, uh, getting more comfortable with the playbook and different things like that. But as the season progressed on, I, w I was able to learn what everyone else is doing. And uh, starting with this new offense, I'm, that, that's how I'm going. That's how I'm attacking it uh, instead of just learning what I'm doing. Even and though the, the play calls are wordier, can you visualize it more because of that? Just in, um, in a sense, you know, uh, it, it's different from last year because we we kind of had a, a digit system, right. but this year is actual like words. What mean oh. like our different uh, terminology is like words. It means what it tells us what people are doing. So uh, it's different, but yeah, when you when you get those pictures, when you uh, hear something, you kind of paint a picture in your head, and uh, that's how you kind of Yeah, um, both are very good. I understand why they were both drafted that high. Um, Forbes is the, you watch the tape, and honestly, I watched the tape, and I was like, I think he's good, but I don't, I, I don't know, you know, but after seeing him on the field, I, I know how good he is now. I understand why he was drafted in the first round. Um, I understand what all the hype is about, and I, I honestly can't wait to see him play on Sunday because I think he's going to make a lot of plays. And, and Quan, the, the exact same thing. I played against him in college. Um, he, he's progressed tremendously as a football player, um, and I can't wait to see what he does. Have you guys had the discussion about that 21 catch you had against him? Oh my um, gosh! 189 he, yards. He actually said something about it the other day. He was like, <laughs> <'cause> he has <laughs> "No, did you guys ask him?" He was like, "He was like, um, just know I, I, I'm gonna get my get back." And that was the first words he said to me. Like, I, he didn't say hi. I haven't talked to him since he's been here. He just came up to me behind me. He said, "Just know I gotta get my get back." And I, I had no idea what he was talking about, but now no, it makes sense. Context, you know, yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> You, uh, <laughs> you mentioned before that uh, that Eric is bringing a, a culture. Yeah. Kind of, what does that mean? We always hear about culture with teams, locker rooms. On the what does that mean? What does he kind of bring in? Yeah, he, he's demanding excellence. You know, and that's what that's what you want in a leader. That's what you want in a coach. Someone who brings the best out of you. Um, and he, he demands it. You know, he, he doesn't settle for 
for half-assed effort. Um, he doesn't settle for taking plays off. Uh, he, he demands that you, you give all the effort that you have. You leave it out on the line, uh, not only for yourself, but for your brothers, you know. And uh, it, it's amazing just, just learning from him. But uh, the way he leads us, I feel like it's – I feel like that's why he, he's had so much success in his career, uh, just because he's a great leader and he, he knows how to lead men. We can definitely hear him out there. Is he kind of always that same level all yeah. the time is from what you've experienced? And that's a pretty cool thing. It's like you, you guys hear him on the field. Like, we hear him, trust me. But uh, in the meeting room, he, he's he's completely different. You know, he he knows how to how to turn the switch on and off when he needs to be, when he needs to be like that and when he can, he can turn it off and and just, just coach you, you know. It's, sometimes it's hard to, a lot of people don't take coaching like that very easy, but he knows how to how to adapt, and he knows how to switch it on and off. Uh, so so it's definitely pretty cool. I, I definitely respect him for that, um, and it's definitely pretty cool to learn from him. Everybody always wants to put labels on an offense. What would, how would you describe his, an Eric enemy offense? Like what would you say that it is? Exciting. A lot of down-the-field down the field plays. Um, you're going to stretch the field. Uh, make the defense really work, um, and it's going to be a lot of exciting plays. I feel like so far in OTAs, you know, we're, we're getting a, a hang of the the offense, but um, as soon as we we hit the ground running, I feel like explosive plays are just going to happen back to back to back. Like it's going to be a very explosive offense because we have the playmakers, uh, we have the guys to do it. Uh, so it's just going to be getting comfortable with the offense and making it happen. I was told to ask about your golf game. How's that coming? It's not too great right oh. now. Yeah, I, I played yesterday. I, yeah, I've been playing a lot recently. I played yesterday. I didn't shoot too well, but I'm, I'm getting there. Are you not new to it, well. or like? Am I into it? Like, are you like new to the sport in general? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've okay. been playing for about a year, so not too too long. People, I know Tress Way is like insane. Is he like the best athlete on the team? I think is the so. punter the yeah. best athlete? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah it's wild, right? Pete Haley's got a blog post about five things you should never say on the golf course. Oh, yeah? Um, check it out. <laughs> I'll check it out. Oh, no, don't do that. Do not do it. Last at least for me, what, what, what did you do this offseason to, to, to prepare here beyond just learning the play, but what, what, how did you uh, get ready for the year? Um, you know, just getting my body right, uh, making sure that I was in shape. I was down in Arizona training for a while. That's where I did my combine training. I went back there this, this off season. Uh, spent some time down there training, training back home. Uh, my guy Ty and Matrix. Um, you know, it, it, it's just really this. Well, the past four months was really about to be making sure that I'm in enough, uh, making sure that I, I know how to run at this weight, uh, making sure I'm fast as possible. And then now I would say up to the season these next couple months is really just about honing in on my skills. Uh, again, right, I'm going to go down to Florida this offseason, uh, make sure that I get with my trainer, and really just hone in on my skills and, and make sure that I'm sharp, uh, ready to go for camp. How much How much did you put on it? Is this just to have reserve for camp and everything yeah. going in? Or? Yeah, I, I made sure I, I added a little extra weight, so I, I, gained, I gained seven pounds. Um, so I'm sitting at about 186, and I usually play at 182, 181. So I know going into camp, obviously it's hot, gonna yeah. be running a lot, right. gonna lose weight. So I, I'm trying not to lose more than four pounds, four, four or five pounds. 
but that, that's always the key, just to go in a little yeah. heavy. Do you do you notice an actual difference when you're running? You feel those like oh, spots? Oh yeah, for really? sure. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing you notice is how long, how much longer it takes to recover. Really? Yeah. Um, when, when you're light, you, you start to feel hammies and glutes, hip flexors. You feel the weight more often because um, it's just you're not, your body's not recovering right. as fast. So. Uh, uh, that's the main thing I focus on when, when I try to just keep my weight up. Last one I had is, what can you tell us about this charity softball game that's happening in Allentown? Yeah, um, Devontae Smith having a his annual charity softball game. I know, I know he had one last year. Um, yeah, he invited me to to come play. Uh, he said I was going to be a captain of the team, and I thought it'd be a, a great way, especially being 10 minutes from my house back home. Uh, everyone's been hitting me up about it. Uh, a lot of Eagles fans. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. I gotta, I gotta get in the cages though, because I can't make a fool of myself. Now I'm a captain of the team, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun, fun day. Um, yeah. All right, as promised, joining me here out in the park. I can't remember. I was meaning to call it the new name. And I cannot remember what it is called. What is it called? In my in my world, it's called Commanders Park. Uh, sure, it's something the, the like the Nova Sports Performance Center. Is yeah, that what you were looking for? Yeah, I guess you was, was going for the full blown name, but yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm not even sure why. I Commanders just, Park, right yes. here. Commanders Park. All right, and we are right here with uh, our friend Michael Phillips from Richmond Times Dispatch. We're wrapping up a week here. Wednesday we had we got to watch OTA. Today we're back out here because the assistant coaches were made available along with all of the coordinators uh first and foremost how um i i i keep feeling like i'm not i don't know if i'm not into this yet i don't know if it's because of the ownership thing it feels different to me though than it has the past few years i don't i'm not viewing this as some sort of like major anticipatory event i could be me could be where my brain is at what what about you what's your excitement level right now as we've been out here well i i do think that we we had kind of mentally divided the off season into the sell the team phase and then the the football phase and we're not done with the sell the team phase now i i still think we will be fully in the books by training camp um so i i think that when it's time to focus on football we'll be focused on football slash whatever josh harris is doing that day that's a group that's going to make news and yeah. will for the next few years while we Chase the stadium, pick sites, practice facility, first off season, maybe a coaching search, maybe a GM search. Like, there will be a very steady beat yes. of off the field news. It won't end on sell the team day. But I, I think you're right. I think I think the public appetite is, tell me about the team being sold. Then I can then we can talk about football. I think the other thing is it's a very known quantity of a team. Um, you know, not not to discount that there aren't very good storylines here. Uh, Eric Bieniemy being the most compelling of them, and, and Sam Howell being high on that list. But on the whole, this is this is you know this is like old college basketball. Like you know, it's it's the same team with it with a nip and tuck here. There is no there was no transfer portal wow. this offseason. Right, you're talking my era <laughs> college basketball. Yeah, uh, we got got some fifth years. Got 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 everything going on. People know the product they're going to be watching, and more importantly. They finished one game out of the playoffs each of the last two years, so I think expectations are the expectations always high, but it's it's tempered by that. There's no like you know in some cities you've got the hey this is our year Dallas Philly New York those are all teams feeling good about the offseason you know the Jets with Rodgers the Packers without Rodgers like there there are cities that are 
all in on their off-season storylines. I don't think we have those those compelling level. I, I think on the whole, it's a very known group. Yeah, and and look, obviously those the fan the fan base is interested in Sam Howell and it's got high hopes. But yeah, I mean ultimately he was a fifth round pick a year ago. It's not like it's it, and it's sort of a weird move we've discussed uh, many times. And Bienemy, um look, he, he, compelling figure and interesting, but. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, but it's June first, right? It's June. It is fun to watch him conduct a practice. He conducts a very crisp, organized, excellent practice. We'll, we'll talk about the assistant coaches. It's always one of my favorite days of the year. We got to talk to them today. Uh, you know, Thursday, June first, as we record this. It's, it, but but on the whole, it is hard to get too excited about what will the Eric Bieniemy offense look like when you're essentially watching without pads, without contact, without any of that. I, anybody who tells you they know what it will be is either Eric Bieniemy or lying. <laughs> I could, could, could not could not agree more, um, and that's why I, I said the other day when I did um, a 53-player projection, which is obviously preposterous, sure. I did it because I can at least that to me is tangible. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you about exactly what this is all going to look like because I don't know to some degree that they have all figured out, like you said, unless you're talking to Bianami. By the way, did you see ESPN? I guess Bill Barnwell did a uh, story the other day where he ranked everybody's offseason. Okay. The number one was were these guys because of the enemy? No, because of Dan Snyder, basically. Oh, okay, sure. I, and, I, and while I appreciate that sure. to an extent, I was kind of like, mm, you know, it's a little. I mean, it's a for the context of 2023, I actually don't think it matters because he's not even. You know, by the time he sells the team, it doesn't. It's not going to matter. It's always funny when we run something into the ground locally, and then it gets discovered nationally a month later, and then rerun into the ground nationally yeah. while yeah. we roll our eyes the entire time. I mean, one of the under underreported, underthought about aspects of the sale is how dang long of a time it's been a done deal, right? Like there was no there was no day. I think when when Dan announced he was selling, right? There's the whole like there would be a day when like VE day, like the soldiers all come home and they're they're making out in Times Square and there's confetti falling everywhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. Instead, it has been this long bureaucratic slog of process and that has sucked some of the joy not all of the joy because there's still joy but but it's it's kind of damp there hasn't been a day and even by the time we get to the vote i don't know if there's still appetite to have like that be the day it'll be a day among many days of this story a hundred percent it's unfortunate that it's dragged out just for the celebratory yeah. moment of it all, but uh, eventually something will happen, we, we, we presume. <laughs> um, all right, so football stuff. So today, as I said, we had the coordinators and the assistants. Um, actually, let's start with Jack Del Rio because we don't talk as much about him. This is the first time we've talked to him, I don't even know when, uh, since last season? I don't believe we've had an, an off-season chat with him. No. Uh, he's, he's done some appearances uh, but but not a not a full fledged. Let's answer all the questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I th- and I think he was in mid season form of you know <laughs> giving us a little bit and and just kind of like rolling with the punches. He, you know, he never gets too high, never gets too low. Um, I did think he had some interesting thoughts on on Jamin Davis though, and we haven't talked a ton about him yet. Uh, Jamin Davis has still been out. He's dealing. He had a knee. Uh, a, what what Rivera described as a minor knee procedure. I'll guess we'll see him training camp and sure. move forward from there. Um, but I asked him, what did you see from progression last year? And then what's the, what does he need this year? And he had a really good answer, which I'm going to butcher here, but basically he said, uh, 
last year it was we, we saw more good plays versus what the hell are you doing plays, yes. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's such an interesting position and, and player because so much of what we talk about is defense. Obviously, the defensive line gets tons of attention. The secondary now, having drafted Emmanuel Forbes oh, and yeah. Quan Martin, plus they made growth last year. I can only imagine what this defense could do if Jamin Davis lives up to the potential that these guys have seemed to think he has when he got drafted. Um, I, I, you know, but again, we don't really talk about that spot at all. Uh, partly because I mean they seem to de-emphasize it as well. But I, I just think that he has like a, a, a been overlooked to an extent of because they don't need that group to be dynamic. But what if he? What if he is? What if he turns out athleticism into production? I'd settle for solid. Like, I, I've i recalibrated fully on Jamin Davis. If he's a starter at, at outside linebacker for this team, that's what you're going to get. You need to make peace with that. They overdrafted him. He's still a starter. It's better to have a starter than a full-fledged, like, Josh Doxson bust. Right. right? Like, having a starter is better than not having a starter. It's at a position you don't emphasize. I mean, linebacker here is, like, it, it just... It seems to not matter. Uh, it's like tall guys on the Miami Heat. Like we just we, we'll pretend it doesn't. Look at you with an NBA <laughs> analogy. Wow. I thought you'd appreciate nice. that. Nice. Um, you just we, we won't speak of it. It doesn't matter, and and you just hope it doesn't catch up to you. But I will say this: that line is really good on paper, and that secondary is pretty good on paper. It might not matter. It really genuinely might not matter. I think Cody Barton's good enough. I think Jamin Davis is good enough. Keep them healthy. That's all you need. Would I love to have a dynamic star middle linebacker here with a green dot calling plays and, and, you know, leading the charge? Yes, I do still think that's very valuable in football. They've chosen not to go that direction. I think it's a defensible roster-building stance in 2023. Yeah, it's definitely a position that is getting overlooked. I mean, it's almost to the point if you just said, look, here's how defenses are going to be. Five defensive linemen, six defensive backs, and we'll call it a day. And, like, the fifth defensive lineman is, like, some sort of a edgy, rushery type yeah. guy. And no linebackers exist. I, I don't think people would be going, well, that's a ridiculous uh, notion. Um, I will say, I think one – like, I think to your point, I think it does feel like people in general have, have accepted Jamin Davis right now for what he is. And if it becomes a bigger deal, great. But a question has been, like, well, why don't – still, why don't you do something with the depth? You bring back all these guys that seem underwhelming. I thought what was interesting about what Del Rio said, and then I asked Steve Russ, the linebacker coach, about this as well. They both had a lot of good things to say about Khalid Hudson, yes. not just because of what he did in the last game. The, 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 that Week 18 game last year between Sam Howell, Chris Paul, and Khalid Hudson, we, we may be that big, you know, we'll be writing stories about how they found three Pro Bowlers, made their first uh, best games uh, in the finale. Can I toss Sadiq Charles on that pile? Oh, was he? Was, we I, got a little I, Sadiq Charles juice here off of his offseason. Like, there's definitely a lot. We will look back on that Week 18 game as as pivotal in a lot of <laughs> yeah. ways. Like, Khalid Hudson legit won a job that day. Got to come back because of that. Sam Howell legit won a job, and they didn't go get a quarterback because of that. Um, <coughs> Chris Paul's going to get a look. I don't, I don't think he'll be a starter. Um, Sadiq Charles, that's probably more of a broad thing, but... Yeah, that that day changed a lot of fates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Del Rio, I don't think he was suggesting that there will be competition for the starting spot, but he did sort of say that as long as Jamin is out, other guys are getting reps, and that Kalik specifically has shown enough that they're not feeling like, well, if we had to play a game tomorrow, we'd be completely uh, nervous. So I think that was a good sign for those who out there who were saying, hey, um, you know, how come they don't have uh, anybody? Um. 
what else? So we have Del Rio was off. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and just as we're talking about the defense, I, I think that how they structure it's going to be very interesting too in the secondary, right? Like I think that the common fan thought was you'll move Kendall Fuller inside. We haven't seen a lot of that. Quan Martin, does he start? What's his role? Um, Forbes, do you let him just wind him up, do what he does, or do you move him inside? Um, I do think there's a lot of interesting for. And look, I know who listens to your podcast, and it's people who don't mind me going this deep in the weeds. Um, this this is a weed weedy podcast. It's an interesting position, and it will be an interesting training camp in the secondary. You are a guy who's been known to make a wager or consider odds. <laughs> is it? What do you think are the the odds, the, the, the favorite odds that they end up? using more three corners with yeah. Fuller, St. Juice, Forbes, mm-hmm. or three safeties yeah. with presumably Curl, Forrest, and Martin. I don't know who what the favorite would be, but I think I would put my money on the safety thing as it stands on June 1st. I think Quan Martin, has, has, it sounds like he's been impressive to them. And when you talk about the corners, I don't get the sense that they're ultimately going to use Forbes in the slot. I think they're still going to play him outside which then at that point is like, okay, maybe you would put St. Chiefs back in there, but like you just drafted Quan Martin in the second round to basically do that. Will Fuller be on the week one roster running out of the tunnel? I think so. I I, I think so too. I got caught up maybe for like 30 seconds about that. Well, we all get how the numbers make sense, but I, I just think that if you have those three all healthy and available, if you have St. Juice, uh, Fuller and, and, uh, Forbes, it's hard for me to, to voluntarily not have one of them playing in an NFL snap when they're available. Injuries will happen. Attrition will happen. We'll get to where we get to. It's tough for me to take those three off the field. Now, maybe they're giving Fuller the veteran courtesy of not making him run plays in the slot here at OTAs for all of us to titillate over or whatever. It feels most logical to me. It just does. I get why, where it's a full slap in the face to the kid. I get where it makes sense, though. I mean, he, uh, we talked about this the other day. He wasn't really good in the slot with this group. He was with the previous regime when he was here for his 1.0 trip, but he wasn't as good last year. And um, I mentioned this the other day. When I talked to Rivera at the owners' meeting, I asked a little bit about this, and he seemed to suggest that they would prefer to keep Fuller there and then build around that. But then, I, but then they draft Emmanuel Forbes, so who, who was a guy that had never, basically, never played yeah. in the slot. By the way, I was looking through my uh, recorder today. You'll appreciate this, I guess. Uh, looking for something, uh, uh, some interview or something I recorded, and I came across an Emmanuel Forbes interview at the combine that I had no idea. Like he was not. It wasn't just one on one. It was on the yeah. day, and I was like, "Oh my, what? Uh, you know, this this could have been helpful from the archives." Yes, could could, could have been uh, helpful. Um, Del Rio was asked about no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat. Uh, you know, look, Del Rio is not a, a fluffy kind of a guy, right? He's going you know, to be the football gruff kind of deal. He basically seemed to say, "I'm happy he's here." Like if they don't want to be here, you know, it's voluntary. Makes up, of course, that is their, their ultimate point. But what, what what do you want from me? What do you want from me? They're not here. I, I'm happy who's here. We're moving forward. Um, just to mention that for those wondering, you know, what does he have to say about the, those guys not being here? Yeah, it, it, to me, Leno's kind of gotten escape because of the uh, the Chase and Montez thing. And look, Leno's got a million legitimate reasons. But it's interesting in this year of reconstruction. And look. Nobody won the offseason more than Charles Leno. He's a starting left tackle. It, it, tell me who's who's possibly in that conversation with him. It's nobody. 
it's him. He's got the leverage. He doesn't have to show. He's also, like, to your point, I, I don't know if you were, when you asked if Fuller will be here, if you thought there was still a, a chance, that they didn't draft a tackle at 16. That, to, that to me, thought, okay, because if they did that, then maybe they say Absolutely. We're, we're moving on. Absolutely. Uh, and then they didn't. So, he, you're right, he's... Um, He's good he, to he's go. He's winning this off. He is winning off the field. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's uh, he's he's got a lot going on. Um, so yeah. Okay. And then as far as the enemy goes, obviously a lot of Sam Howell questions for him. Anything of note for you? And I'll also just throw in here, as I said, we talked to all the assistant coaches, including the new quarterback coach. Tavita Pritchard, uh, who was a lively talker, I would say. Yeah. Um, any anything that stood out to you from that conversation about about Sam Howell or, or any along those lines? You know, I, the, the the refrain on Sam Howell has been a guy who learns from his mistakes, right? Doesn't make the same mistake twice. Um, that's encouraging because he he has thrown some interceptions. He has put himself out there, um, which I think is necessary. I, I don't think you want in in his shell Sam Howell. Um, you know, definitely a lot of faith in him picking up this offense, him learning the verbiage. Um, I, you know, I, I've yet to hear anything other than very pleasant things about Sam Howell, the human being and the hard worker and, and the practice guy. Um, we've seen enough football to know. Does it mean anything? It might, it might not. Um, it's always easier to root for good guys than bad guys, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I asked Pritchard, uh, seeing as how we, you know, only get to see a limited practice, but we were out there Wednesday. I said in sort of what your point was about correcting things or, or having just the teachable moments. What was something from that practice that he was able to that he wanted to discuss with Sam that, you know, maybe he's already seen some change. So what he said was that there was at least one or two plays where he was sort of locked in on, like, say, the left side of the field and didn't go through his progressions. And that led to a poor decision. Ultimately, uh, Pritchard said that today, given a very similar look and having discussed it in between, that he felt Sam did a much better job of you know, going across the yeah. across the the, the the board there and seeing it all play out. But you're right, they did make a big a big deal about the the auto correcting and uh, his ability to learn on the fly. Yeah, and Eric Bieniemy was um, he said a couple of times I don't want to misquote him, but it was something he said like we're still in the remedial work, the entry level work. He was frankly he wishes they were further along, not in the sense of like they are failing or they're slow, just all coaches wish that they could be teaching the finer points, but he said, we are in the very beginnings of installing this offense. He was very adamant about that on several occasions. This is a one-on-one class. We are installing the base of this offense. He is not feeling the time crunch yet. I will say this, something I'm put a pin in this. The last week of training camp under Ron has always been a full snoozer. Like it just, it just has, they haven't done anything it's been very light walkthroughs i don't know where the group will be then i don't know how the enemy will feel about them i am very curious to watch that last week of training camp i think he keeps the heat up well you know you you uh you make that interesting point you know we always used to uh joke about club j yeah um and you know i'm not saying ron's been the same but you're right there's like for example next week is mini camp the tradition is on the three-day minicamp that the third day often just gets thrown out. Yeah. They let everybody leave, and it's whatever. But this year, because of the fact that they only have two OTAs, not three, we've been wondering, would they, in fact, play out all three days? Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of thinking yes, but we'll see. But you're right. With the enemy here, it almost seems like that's going to be a much more likely deal. 
And, you know, while I think it was maybe overstated that the idea of that when Rivera said uh, yesterday about him delegating more, you know, he's been doing that kind of throughout. But it does feel like with Biennemi, it is different. It's because it's not just allowing Scott Turner to call an offense. Biennemi is like, no, no, no. I, he's aggressive. He's assertive. He's opinionated. He's going to want to do things a certain way. And I think he's going to say, no, no, no. We're, I don't know what the defense is doing. We'll be out there on the third day of minicamp. And then, like you said, the last week of training camp, we've got things to do. I can imagine that happening. And a little, little bonus nugget here. This will be in the Times-Dispatch eventually. But like, I, I was talking to Juan Castillo today, and um, he was saying all the players, sorry, Eric Bieniemy coaches them hard, right? We all see that. Uh, Juan Castillo, the tight ends coach, was saying he coaches us hard, too. He coaches the coaches hard. He, he expects them to be on point and know their stuff and be ready for discussions and you know, holds them accountable for what they do. And he, he did not say that as a negative in any way. Obviously, yeah. Juan Castillo is a guy who knows something about hard coaching. Tight ends is, is a famously hard coached group. He, but it was it, like, it is a consistent across the board. He has high expectations. He, he demands excellence out of everybody in what they do. That is who he is to his core, to his character. Does that mean if this goes off the rails and this team is 6-10, and 10, there will be anonymous sources trashing the guy because they don't like him? Yes, that will absolutely happen. Yeah. But it's hard to say right here on June 1st that that isn't needed. I was listening back to some audio from uh, interviews from a few weeks ago about Biennemi and other things. And every time somebody was asked about people who had worked with Biennemi before, tell me about Biennemi. And it was some version of, yeah, he's uh, really, uh, you know, really opinionated, really... Uh, <laughs> Really, you know, really uh, aggressive out there, and yeah, you know, we see that too. And he even said to us that you know, look, he loves what he does, and guarantee if we're out there in the practice field, we will hear him. Then yes, yes. That, that 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 checks out based on what we have uh, seen so far. Um, all right, I gotta let you go, uh, do your thing. Any uh, final thoughts? Any and uh, anything? How about for next week? Anything in, it, it, you're gonna keep your eye on for? Anything you're you're sort of intrigued? To see, I mean, obviously Sam Howell, you know, how he progresses, but anything we haven't talked about or anything you're it's kind of on your mind? Yeah, circling offensive line. I'm excited to watch the offensive line. We won't get a full glimpse, but we, we you don't see anything in OTAs, and at least, you know, we, we get a little bit more of a glimpse in minicamp. The tight ends have been a fascinating group um, to watch, and the tight ends and the offensive line interchanging, um, that they're working more as one unit that, than we traditionally see. Um, there have been a lot of, of competitive situations and practices, uh, kind of harkening back to the Jay Gruden era, so to speak. Um, to Vita Pritchard, we talked to him. Talk, you asked him about yesterday's practice. He was like, ah, yeah, the, the two-minute drill where we didn't score. Like, he remembered yeah. the scoreboard from the drill. Like, it's a competitive group, and the defense is ahead of the offense right now. So the defense is going to stick it to him next week when, when they do their competitive portions. Um, but, but I'll be excited to watch that development over the course of camp. Yeah, and I'll just say, you know, on the assumption that Chase Young is back, I mean, it, it is the start of that watch because I don't want to say that the season, their level hinges on what he does, but the difference between if he actually comes out there and he is a 10-sack guy, wow. considering what they're bringing back yeah. on the defense and what they did last year, that could be compelling on 100 levels. On the flip side, if it's looks like the same kind of a deal and, you know, request, we're all like, eh, how you know how focused is he you know and Rivera starts talking about maturity and discipline then we have a different deal so I just think that's going to be if they let him walk entirely after this year five sack year 
kind of productive, wasn't what they hoped. What contract does he get on the open market? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, I, it's going to be, I don't, I'd have to think about the number, but it's not going to be that wildly impressive. Uh, you know, I mean, he hasn't done that. I mean, somebody will say, we'll roll the dice, but football contracts, this isn't, the, if it was the NBA, I'd give you, you know, five years, 65 million or something. I don't know, here? You're out here handing out super maxes. 15 a year? I think he could get 15 a year off, off a moderate year. Uh, There's a brand name there, still, but but it's one year guaranteed. He's got to no, have. He's not getting more than one year guaranteed anywhere. He would have to probably have at least within that say five sack, like a two sack game yeah. where you know uh, whoever it's a it's a Troy Aikman is saying, wow, Chase Young has turned the tide of this game. <laughs> yeah. You know, something like that to show the potential, and then just in your own head blame it on Washington's coaching staff or something. Uh, at Michael P R T D on Twitter. Uh, anything else we need to know? Uh, anything else you want to plug, mention, anything? Richmond.com, baby. We'll be out here next week. Uh, three days uh, three days of hanging out with Ben Standard. Life's good. Uh, we got to raise your standards. Uh, Michael, appreciate it as always, man. Thank you. <laughs>